You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bears and the Lions are both looking to turn their fortunes around and avoid sitting in last place in the NFC North. Welcome into this Crossover Wednesday edition of Locked On Bears. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I cover the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today I'll be joined by Matt Deary. He's the host of Locked On Lions here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are going to preview the Week 10 matchup between two rather disappointing teams, both trying to figure some things out in this divisional matchup. We'll look at how the Bears' struggling offense might match up with a Detroit Lions defense that's left a lot to be desired, while we'll see some strength versus strength with a resurging Lions offense taking on a strong Bears defense. Before we jump in, just your weekly reminder to send us your questions for this week's Mailbag Podcast. Give us a call and leave a voicemail. The phone number is 312-620-620. 8590. It's your opportunity to ask whatever you want about this Chicago Bears team and kind of give us direction for what you want to hear on Friday's podcast. So leave a voicemail or shoot us a text, tweet at LockedOnBears. You can even send in an email, LockedOnBears at gmail.com. The important thing is get your questions in now before Friday's show. With that, I'll turn it over to Matt Deary from Locked On Lions. All right, here we are, everybody. The Wednesday crossover. Matt Derry locked on Lions. Lauren Cox locked on Bears. These two teams uh, struggling, to say the least. And now uh, Detroit heading to Chicago for this Sunday. Lauren, always a pleasure, man. Good to talk to you as, as usual. Yeah, it's not a November without both Bears-Lions games being squeezed in there for some reason. So I know it's the sign of the season. <laughs> it really is. You, you said this before we started hitting record here, that uh, the Lions, this is how it's gone the last few years. And it's not... Uh, not unusual to see the two teams playing, uh, you know, early in November in Chicago, late November uh, in Detroit. But, Lauren, let, let's talk about the Bears first. Um, you guys have lost four in a row. It was a 3-1 and one team with the defense, of course, carrying them like it did a year ago. But now the, the wheels have come off. What's going on? Well, the offensive issues have lingered throughout, certainly, and uh, sort of implied there with the defense carrying the team. And at some point... You just can't win on defense alone, especially when the offense is as abysmal as it's been for the Bears. I mean, early in the season, even when they were tight in those three and one games, you know, you're scoring three points in week one and 16 points in week two and 16 points in week four. And that's just it's just not sustainable in the NFL. So when the defense started coming back down to earth a little bit more and, and, you know, not not being bad necessarily, but just a little bit more realistic they just can't keep up, and you know they've had some uncharacteristic sloppiness on that regard, and a lot of it comes down to uh, offensively uh, a real inability for any kind of consistency at the quarterback position, and some some fair criticisms of the play calling, and then the head coach and the coaching staff in general. But it largely feels like a team not playing up to the talent they feel like they have on paper. It's kind of crazy because you know I, I mentioned this on Tuesday's Locked On Lions. This will be a matchup, basically, where you know I think the Lions' offense and the Bears' defense going head to head, obviously, is going to be strength against strength. 
But then the Lions' defense just can't stop anybody. 31st in the league, have a defensive-minded coach, and the Bears are very similar. You know, Matt, Matt Nagy is, is supposed to be this offensive genius, and and to me, I, you know, I, I think whichever unit there, the Bears' offense or the Lions' defense, shows up this Sunday in Chicago, that's going to maybe decide this game because I think, you know, I, I don't believe the Bears' defense is going to give up 24-31, which is what the Lions have been scoring. And, uh, you know, it's just – it's kind of – the matchups are, are there for a low-scoring game, but a game in which, you know, will Chicago finally break out of it and will the Lions' defense finally kind of break out of their shell? It's certainly interesting. Yeah, and the Bears have faced some bad defenses this season. They had plenty of success against Washington in Week 3. And then, you know, two weeks ago, they played a Chargers defense that was one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. And the Bears kind of finally got their ground game going for the first time with David Montgomery all season, but still couldn't really pass all that effectively and, and couldn't put up 17 points to even win that game. And then, you know, with the Eagles last week for the Bears, they play one of the poorer secondaries in the NFL that teams have been able to throw on, and Mitchell Trubisky still unable to do so. So I, I'm with you in that regard of we're, we're going to see some ugly football when, when those two sides are on the field, whereas we might see some, some fun sort of head-to-head -head bashing when it's, you know, the Lions offense that's really, I think, uh, taken Matthew Stafford to a nice level this season. And they'll be challenged against this Bears defense, but I think they'll, they'll be able to challenge this Bears defense in some ways. Maybe they haven't been challenged in a few weeks. I mean, we know it's going to be a challenge across the board for this Bears team, but just how much of a challenge is it going to be? Matt Deary and I will discuss next on Locked On Bears. So you and I are recording here on Tuesday night, and of course this is the Locked On crossover Wednesday. Any chance that, 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 that the head coach there and the brain trust in Chicago make a change at quarterback and go to Chase Daniel, or, or are they riding with Trubisky this, this whole way? All indications have been full support of Mitchell Trubisky pretty much no matter what. And you know maybe when they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and things start to really go downhill late in the season, we could see a change. But I don't think we're going to see one in you know against the Lions this week. They, they've had some opportunities. You know, like last week, they were shut out at halftime and felt like maybe that could have been an opportunity to make that change. But they're they're going full full, full speed ahead with Mitchell Trubisky, and it it seems like it's sort of at the very least just trying to make sure they're sure when it comes to making a quarterback change, that maybe they want to give him the rest of the season to try and eliminate the what-ifs of like, well, maybe if the offensive line were playing a little bit better, or maybe if the running game were a little bit better, and just try and eliminate any possibility that there's something else here at a quarterback that just hasn't been there through the first two and a half seasons of his career. So I would expect four quarters of Mitchell Trubisky, and right now that's a good thing for the Lions defense. <laughs> kind of funny so they're talking in chicago about replacing trubisky here in detroit the topic is replacing paul pasqualoni the defensive coordinator obviously a, a guy that has had very good success but you got to go back to the 90s and when i was there at syracuse university as a, as a head football coach at su but you know coming in as a defensive coordinator and buddy of matt patricia's he's the one calling the uh, the defensive signals said before 31st in the league defensively 27th against the run and 30th against the pass, which is unheard of when you look at the guys on this roster. And you look at Darius Slay, who's a Pro Bowl cornerback, uh, a pretty darn good safety in Tracy Walker, who's been injured and missed the last week. Snacks Harrison, a $12 million a year defensive tackle. Trey Flowers, an $18 million a year defensive end. 
Devon Kennard, a guy that was signed in free agency to a, a decent deal a couple of years ago. Ashawn Robinson, a second-round pick. Jared Davis, a first-round pick at middle linebacker. So people kind of are pointing the finger and saying, look, isn't it time for Patricia to call the defensive signals, take that away from, from Pasqualoni, and turn this thing around? I mean, Lauren, the Lions cannot stop anybody. They cannot get off the field on third down. Sure, they played some very good offenses this year, but you go back to week one against Kyler Murray. They had that game uh, and couldn't get off the field. Even in the games where they played pretty well and it's been bend but don't break, at the end of those games, fourth quarters, Aaron Rodgers takes over. Patrick Mahomes takes over and the losses to Kansas City and Green Bay. This past Sunday, they could not get the stop when they needed it against Derek Carr. And it's just been a major, major issue. I think the secondary is the strength and the pass defense isn't as bad as it looks on paper, but that's because quarterbacks just have all day to throw um, uh, against the Lions. And that's what I wonder with Trubisky is, does does he get right this week because he's going to have time to throw? I, I wonder. But I know this, and you said this before, the Bears have had some very big injuries on that offensive line, right? Well, the offensive line has been a problem, but I don't know that injuries have purely been the issue. So, like, Kyle Long is, of course, the, the big name up front, and he is yeah. on injured reserve. But he was really struggling, and th- there was a hip injury that may have been leading to that, but it, it appeared to be an upgrade when they shut him down and, and brought in even a, a former defensive lineman they converted a few years ago, Rashad Coward, to fill in at right guard. So, it, it, But it's, it's largely been the healthy guys that they thought they were solid with from last year that have really been struggling up front. And certainly the better pocket you can give Mitchell Trubisky, the better situation you're going to be in. But it hasn't always been a direct correlation there that, you know, he's he's had some games with some time to throw. And it it's not it, it's not a question of give him absolutely everything perfect and, and he'll produce. There's there's some real questions of like even when things are right and he can kind of, you know, he'll he'll unnaturally speed up his feet when he doesn't need to or he'll leave a pocket that he might think is collapsing but actually is seeming to hold up just fine and kind of hurt his offensive line in that way so the problems for this offense do go beyond offensive line but a lot of it has started there with with guys that they thought again they thought they could rely on and just for whatever reason this season just haven't had that same consistency up front and uh, it sounds like this this Lions pass rush is at least an opportunity for those guys to build some of that confidence back and, and maybe have a little bit of an easier time. I don't know. I, <laughs> Lauren, I, 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 what I just don't understand is, you know, you go into the start of the year and you go, all right, this defense is going to have some question marks at linebacker. Uh, will, will the secondary be okay, especially with a lot of new faces? Rashawn Melvin, Tracy Walker, Justin Coleman, all first-time starters with the Lions. They just recently traded Quandre Diggs, one of their starting safeties, for a draft pick to get him out of town because they like the third-round pick, Will Harris. But, hey, at least they got the front four. And at least they've got Trey Flowers, Romeo Aquara, Ashawn Robinson, Snacks, Mike Daniels, um, and, and, and Deshaun Hand. They, they, they had a lot of depth up front. And Devon Kennard rushing the passer had a pretty good year last year. They just can't get home. And Pasqualoni and this defensive staff continue to rush three on a lot of occasions. They almost drop it almost put like a three eight. They rush three and they drop eight. And it just it just has not worked. And the one game recently where this football team finally blitzed somebody was the Giants game against Daniel Jones, the rookie quarterback. It worked, they got to him, they won the game, albeit Danny Dimes had four touchdowns in that game. But they just can't stop anybody. And it's it's been an hour an entire half of a season. But you look up and you go, 
They're in every game. They've not been blown out by anybody. Stafford's played really well, and they're three, four, and one should be, should be four and four. Um, and you could argue with the Kansas City game and some bad calls and and officiating issues with the Packers. You look up and you go, team could have won some of those games. So that's what makes no sense. But they're in every game, and I and I do believe that Sunday against the Bears team that seems to be so reeling, such a in a big way that. The Lions should, if, if they're as good as they say and think they are, should go in and win this game. And I, I come away with a similar feeling that even, you know, when you look at some of the Bears' results in recent weeks with the final scores, you know, the, they lost by three to the Raiders, they lost by one to the Chargers, and lost by eight to the Philadelphia Eagles, which are all technically one-score games. Those were not one-score games that the Bears were in for four quarters. I mean, it's been a lot of, like, horribly slow starts where the team does nothing in the first half. I mean, the Bears had the worst first half they've had in 40 years in terms of yards last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. At one point, they had zero yards with about two minutes left in the second quarter. As a and no first, no first downs, right? It was Yeah, it was no first downs. It was like negative five oh. yards total. And, and I mean, it was just absolutely abysmal. And yet they come back and, and get that game within a touchdown at the end because for whatever reason, you know, opponents have sort of taken the foot off the gas. And, and when the Bears finally feel like, oh, man, we have to do something or else we're going to get blown out here, for whatever reason, they've been able to put it together in some third quarters and some fourth quarters. So, you know, as, as competitive as the Lions have been, it, it seems like they should be, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%, they should be a step above where the Chicago Bears have been in terms of being competitive in their losses because they've been more true competitive, whereas I feel like the Bears have been more garbage time competitive. When we come back, uh, Matt and Lauren will talk a little bit about uh, Stafford versus Khalil Mack and that Bears defense. This is the Wednesday crossover on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Matt Derry, Lockdown Lions, Lauren Cox, Lockdown Bears, the Lockdown crossover. Good to uh, talk to uh, LC again, like we did last year, a couple of times for Lions and Bears. All right, so the, the Bears defense last year, Lauren, they were unbelievable, and of course led them to a a division crown, which nobody expected, and a uh, a playoff berth. How, how's the defense held up this year? I know, again, like we talked about injuries on that old line with no Kyle Long, but there's been some guys out on that Bears defense too, right? Yeah, Akeem Hicks is on injured reserve, and it's been even more, I think, impactful than we might have anticipated. The Bears feel good about some of the younger guys that they have on their defensive line. You know, Roy Robertson, Harris, and Bilal Nichols have, have flashed some things, but that's, there's a certain consistency and sort of the, you know, the the cliche dirty work that some of the guys do on the interior that Akeem Hicks does that you, you really only notice it when it's gone and, and it's been noticeable in the last few weeks. They expect him back later in the season as a designated to return from injured reserve, but that, of course, won't affect this game. But otherwise, you know, they've been picking up largely where they left off. I mean, they're not so clearly far and away the number one group, but they're still up there uh, among the better defenses in the NFL. They kind of hit a little bit of a tough stretch against the Raiders and Saints where they lost whatever kind of energy and mojo they had had, and even a guy like Khalil Mack wasn't really producing at the level that we had come accustomed to, and some of their more reliable players just didn't have it for whatever reason. But it, it seems like in the last couple weeks they sort of found some of that energy again and have gotten after quarterbacks a little bit more consistently than they had during their downstretch, and it seems to sort of be back 
to being this Bears defense. The one big difference from last year is just the turnovers. That The number of turnovers they had last year was completely unsustainable from a statistical standpoint, so they haven't been able to grab as many interceptions or force as many fumbles. But otherwise, they've been as solid as you can hope for from a unit that just hasn't gotten much support at all from their offense. You know, the thing I look at, uh, you know, obviously Mac is is a beast, and, and, and I'm a big fan of, of, of the guys, Eddie Jackson, and the guys on the back end for the Bears. You know, with Matthew Stafford, it, it's been a really good year. I, and, and, you know, if you t- if you said, okay, let's name 10 guys that could be in the MVP discussion halfway through the season, obviously the, the notables, Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson and guys like that, but Matthew Stafford's got to be in that conversation, at least in the top 10. He's been very, very good. Once again, Lauren, no run game for the Lions. Carry on Johnson hurt. The Lions have who knows who back there running the football, whether it's Ty Johnson, Paul Perkins, J.D. McKissick, and you're probably going, who are those people? Um, <laughs> and, that's a pro- and that's a problem. And the O-line continues to be able to pass block. Stafford has time to throw. But the issue is they just can't move any bodies and, and move anybody against the run. Um, but Stafford is, has had to kind of, play through that when they hired Daryl Bevel in the offseason it was a run they were going to go to this run first attack and they were going to go three tight ends at times with with Hawkinson the first round pick and uh, Jesse James free agent signee from Pittsburgh and Logan Thomas and and try to grind it out and that that's been scrapped to an extent they still want to run a little bit but it's been the Stafford show and you know what I wonder Sunday Lauren is 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 how much Kenny Galladay Marvin Jones those guys can get loose in that Chicago secondary you talked about the turnovers which killed the Lions in that Thanksgiving game last year when Jackson took that pick six back against Stafford, and that was basically the game. You know, if Galladay and those guys can get behind the secondary, I, that, that's where I think the Lions can can make some hay here. But the question will be certainly if the Bears send people, if Stafford finally gets hit. But so far this year, he's he's had time to throw. What what about the Chicago secondary? Yeah, the secondary. They, they were so I think they got a lot of their value of course last season from the turnovers so there's been it's sort of like the turnovers would erase some of the completions right and when you talk about the idea of bend and don't break and things like that there was there was plenty of bending last season but because of the turnovers it would be uh, less noticeable so then it's a little bit more noticeable this year that teams have had haven't had you know ridiculous amounts of trouble moving the ball between the 20s they're still playing well but you know Eddie Jackson has not been nearly as dominant as he was last year to the point where haha Clinton Dix their other starting safety has probably been overall a little bit better and they've sort of had to shift their roles a little bit because they're both more naturally deep safeties and you can't always play with two deep safeties so they both had to play a little bit more down in the box than maybe they'd like to in an ideal world and with Kyle Fuller you know he's going to give you that space off the line of scrimmage he plays off coverage the majority of the time that's what he's comfortable with and Prince Mukamara is the guy who's up on the line of scrimmage quite a bit and the Bears don't really hide that and don't really disguise that and both guys are comfortable in those roles and it gets the job done and and if that's where they're going to be in the best position for them to be successful, then that's that's where we're going to see it. So, you know, I've, I've seen enough of Kenny, Galladay, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones this season to to be to have some concerns here that I think the Lions are going to have some opportunities to stretch the Bears deep. And especially if they can commit to that running game and maybe work some play action off of that, because the Bears defense 
hasn't in recent weeks been nearly as strong against the run with, with Akeem Hicks out. That you know, they, they two weeks ago they played the Chargers, who are the worst running offense in the NFL this season, and they shut them down just fine. But the Eagles rushed for 146, the Saints rushed for 151, and the Raiders rushed, rushed for 169. And those three teams had very little trouble running on this Bears defense. So I would expect if the Lions are able to kind of stick with it a little bit, this could be the week that they get this running game going. And uh, I, I know you've probably been thinking that for weeks and, and trying to point that out and finding matchups no. where this could be the week, but I, I think no, it's I, I think it's possible. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lauren, the Lions listeners, Lockdown Lions listeners are going to love you, man. I, I I mean, you know, if Carrion Johnson were healthy, I, I'd be with you. I just don't – the Lions have plenty of money under the cap, and, and I think a lot of fans are wondering why they haven't gone out they had C.J. Anderson at the start of the year as kind of the second back, but now, you know, six-round pick, like I said, in Ty Johnson, a, a waiver-wire guy in Paul Perkins who's been in and out of the lineup and in and out of act, uh, just being active. Um, you know, J.D. McKissick is a guy to watch. I mean, he's got some good bursts, but he's not really – he's more of a more of a scat back. He's not really a guy you hand the, the football to. I don't know. I, I, if this is the week the Lions' uh, run game gets going – God bless them. It just it's it's been a, a long wait for these fans to finally see that from a consistent basis. I'll say this: um, if this game comes down to the kicking game and it's Matt Prater versus Eddie P, I mean, I, I would think the Lions have that advantage. I know Pinheiro hit that that kick against Denver was still unbelievable a few weeks ago, but then obviously it went the other way. Uh, who who was the miss against the other? It was a couple weeks ago, right? The, the kick at the buzzer. Yeah, that was the Los Angeles Chargers. Would have been a game winner. Right. Yeah. So. Where's that stand right now? Are fans a li- I mean, I know that was a big miss for him, but is is it is it as bad as it's been, or is he was that just one bad miss for him? It was one bad miss for him, and I, I've been surprised that he hasn't been more criticized or thrown under the bus than he was. And I think it's just because all of the criticism and all of the the frustration for fans has been directed to the quarterback and the head coach, to where it's like, well. The Bears probably shouldn't have even had to be in that situation to kick a game-winning field goal. And they kind of – there was a big kerfuffle afterward because uh, Pinero sort of accidentally admitted that the Bears didn't have it on the hash that he wanted it. And they had taken a knee on the play before to, to just right. kick the field goal. Right. And they, they didn't take the knee to the right hash. And Nagy was criticized for even taking the knee and not trying to get a closer field goal that maybe would have been an easier hit. So the, it's like there's there's – 10 other things that go wrong before they even get to the missed field goal. So Panero still has the confidence of the team, seems to still have pretty much the confidence of the fan base, and they, they need to find ways to, to not have to rely on their kicker because he hit three other field goals in that game. But, of course, you miss the big one at the end, and you're, you know, you're the butt of the joke. Prater's been great, and he continues to be great. And, and that's you know, the Lions didn't have an issue this past Sunday in Oakland scoring touchdowns. They got into the end zone. Uh, for the most part, but it, if this is one of those situations where the Bears bend a little bit and the Lions are forced to settle for three, they'll get those field goals in. I, I'll take the Lions. I seem like I pick the Lions every week, and they've been terrible, but I'll take the Lions to win this game. I think uh, the Bears are reeling, and I, I don't, you know, I, I just, I, I, the Trubisky thing is, is just what the doctor, I think, is ordering for the Lions right now, but I think this won't be pretty. I think it'll be like a 17-13 game, but I'll take Detroit. I'll, I'll just say Stafford will, will outplay Trubisky. Not very difficult, but he's been good. What do you think? Yeah, you haven't had to sit through all these low-scoring, ugly games. You've had at least some some fun shootouts to go through. Whereas, oh, yeah. 
Every Bears game this season has been 17-16 or 16-6 and 3-10, and it's, <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm expecting, too. It's sort of more of the same. It feels like the Bears keep trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results and, and not getting different results. And not that there's a, a magic answer of what they need to do besides maybe change the quarterback position. I, I, I'm with you there. I think Stafford's going to find the end zone a couple times, and the Bears are going to struggle to find the end zone a couple times. And I, I do think the Lions will get some running game going. They'll have some explosive passing plays, but the Bears might get a turnover or some mistakes in there somewhere along the way to kind of keep them in it. And, you know, I think Bears will start slow and then have one of these kind of second-half comebacks to kind of keep it close at the end. But I, I'm thinking a, a, sh- a small Lions margin of victory as well. All right, Lauren, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll do it again later on in the year. Yeah, it'll only be a couple weeks, and we'll be right back at it. Thanks again to Matt Deary from Locked On Lions for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. It's hard to believe we're already halfway through this 2019 season. I appreciate all of you who have been listening, listening along through What was not the first half of the season any of us were looking for, but I hope along the way this podcast has helped you get through it and more importantly, help you bear down.